that's very, very strange. I did come across a, um, like, male Tinder bot accounts are hard to come by, but yeah, I found they are. one. They are, they are hard to come by. I found one. One, it was, like, a, a model who was apparently a twin, um, and there was, the first time I saw him was in Dubai, and then I saw it again in New York, and I was like, that's interesting, because, like, his location was here. It wasn't, like thousands of miles away yeah. it was the same when I was in Dubai so I swiped right on him and he was asking just like a series of really weird questions that didn't make a lot of sense in like based on what I was saying back uh-huh. and I caught on after like he was like hi how are you and I said something about his profile and he was like where did you go to college <laughs> <laughs> and I was like nope is this a robot Am I being roboted right now? I always wonder what the point of those bots are. Uh, to send you send them pics and like on Grinder at least when I would get them, it, they ask for pics and then they use your pics for like porn or like uh, other bots or they send, they send you a link to something. That's that you so matrixy. Yeah, it's yeah. very. That's super weird. It's very manipulative. But like on Tinder, you can't send pictures. Right, you'd have to like get my phone number. Well, and they even then, you put the link. Oh, uh, okay. That's the whole point. I feel like there's, like, so much foreplay just for a link. Or yeah. ask for your number and then, like... Spam you. Spam you. Yeah. We didn't get that far. <laughs> the... You and your robot I think love. his name was Harry. He was super hot. Wish he was real. Mm. The thing that I was finding on Tinder was sex workers. And they would... Like, if somebody, like, matched with me that was, like, absolutely way too hot for me, I'd be like... Like, the first time I was like, this is very strange. <laughs> I was like, I can't pull somebody like this usually and then they messaged me first and we're like for 1300 roses and i was like roses <laughs> it's like dollars i was like this is actually kind of smart yeah that's I've, a big I've thing matched with you i'm almost there i just need 1300 roses <laughs> to get with you that's how you get propositioned on grinder or on gay tinder is uh-huh. they go they they say i'm very generous oh mm-hmm. like generous like older guy looking for a younger dude to hang out with. Oh. Generous meaning like if you fuck me, I'll I'll pay you money. Dang. Which I was almost tempted to sometimes take, but I was like, oh, no, I'm above it. Always take the money. <laughs> You're not above it. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are wise words from our Tinder expert in residence. Yeah. <laughs> Always take money. You're not above it. I'm not. I'm not above it. If he puts that money on the side table to test you. Fuck, you failed that test. <laughs> <laughs> you take that money. You walk out of there. Walk Head held high. Episode number two. I'm Matt Lee. I'm Nadia Agarwal. I'm Sebastian Mia. And I'm Maya Cantrell. And we're so excited to just talk to you guys about all sorts of sex shit. Today's first topic is dating apps, as we so lovelyly described in our <laughs> opening monologue. And uh, Nadia, do you want to start us out with like what you were thinking? Um. Yeah. So like, for me, I was. I always have this thing on, especially on first dates. I love to kind of ask people what their dating app habits are. 
And I know that we both got there because of the dating apps. I know that they use dating apps. And I'm always just, like, curious, like, how do guys swipe? How do girls swipe? Like, what what goes into deciding, like, if you're going to go out with somebody based on, like, a series of pictures or, like, witty texts or whatever it is, right? And I always wonder this because I know that guys especially love to say that they don't power swipe, that they don't do this thing where they just swipe on all women because I game theory-wise, <laughs> that makes sense to me. Because I would say that women tend to be a little bit choosier, at least, if not very choosy. And we maybe only swipe on a couple people a night if we do. Mm. Um, whereas guys would obviously try to maximize their potential for matching with somebody by just swiping on everybody and then seeing who they match with. And I, I, this theory was tested by my little brother, actually. Because he was telling me that he treats Tinder like a game. So he's not really dating anyway, but like he treats Tinder like a game just to see who he ends up matching with. Just to see what girls are into him. That's all. It's like he gets off on that yeah. alone, right? So I always quiz, I guess, my dates. Like, what are your dating habits like? Like, what do you like to do on, on dating apps? And I love how many of them try to say that they don't power swipe. I love how many of them try to say, well, no, you run out of likes. Or I don't want to be, like, matched with, like, ugly people. To which I'm like, okay, this is... This got weird real quick. <laughs> but, um, like, I always... I wonder about that. So, like, what are people's dating app strategies? I mean, there's something in between power swiping and, like, being extra anal about it. Like, there's people who, like, I remember when I was swiping, I would find someone and be like, well, I'm not, like, 100% into you, but, and you're kind of not that great looking, but, like, sure. It's, like, judicial <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's how guys apply for jobs. You know how women have to, like, go into a job description and be like, at least 90% of this has to be things I qualify for, things yeah. I can do. That's guys so are, like, 30%. <laughs> Thirty percent of it, I should be able to do, and then I'll apply for this job. Because I also, I also used to think like, well, maybe if I meet them in person, they'll look different. Which was like most of the time, they did look very different in person when I would meet them. So in a good way or a bad way, it was fifty fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Always fifty fifty for whether or not they were better or worse. More often, they were worse actually. That's so interesting. Yeah, I like, I honest, honestly like, I think that I power swiped a couple times, but most of the time I'd swipe right like twice a day. And just be over it. And I think it's because I would hit mostly profiles that like were like, I live in Brooklyn, and look at my dog. Do you want to drink craft beer together? <laughs> and I'd be like, I've, I'd like, I, can't, I can't do that. I, I don't know why, but that would just like set off some sort of alarm in my head, and I would just start swiping left. Like, I think your geo-specific <laughs> preferences are set too far out if you're getting Brooklyn girls. Yeah, I don't... seriously. Uh, <laughs> before we start hating on Brooklyn girls... First of all, might I remind you all of the classic song, Brooklyn Girls by Charles Hamilton, which I play daily. <laughs> Wonderful. Ain't nothing like a Brooklyn girl. The, Don't change your discovery settings. You're finding the best of New York right now. <laughs> not, the, not the Brooklyn Girls that came out recently. But like, no. <laughs> the song is from like 2010, I think. That is a classic, you're right. I think white girls just haven't figured out how to game the Twitter profile system yet. I'm assuming most of those girls are white because that's just white girl nonsense right there. So like that my some, dog into craft beer with That's me. my strategy now. So like I don't date white people, right. right? And in the beginning when I was on dating apps and I was like looking at this, like finally like having a catalog of willing and worthy, mm. beautiful men of color. First time in my life, you know, being around this many men of color and being able to like, choose between them. Mm. Um, I would like still swipe on like white people occasionally. But I had rules. So 
if they had a group picture, they had to have at least one friend of color. Mm. So if it's just a group of all white people, I was like, this looks like like a Hitler youth party. <laughs> this looks like they're plotting like a cross burning. There's just like something scary about this many white people in one place. Especially in New York. Especially in New York. So like, it, I was like there's something's wrong with this person. Anyway. Right. And so there's that. That was one of my rules. Also, like, it can't be too many selfies. Because then it's oh, like, yeah. you don't have any friends. Yeah. Um, or you're vain. Or I, I can do vain. I just can't do you have no friends. <laughs> right. Like, no one wants to photograph you. Oh, also, guys just, like, choose the shittiest pictures on Tinder. On straight Tinder, shittiest pictures. They're this blurry. They're out of focus. They're just, like, Or you can't ugly. see them. They love picking travel pictures where they're very small in front of, like, a oh giant my gosh. landscape. And what like, is I don't it? know what you look like. Though. What is it with white men on Tinder, like, with pictures of them, like, skydiving or climbing a mountain? I'm like, why do you want to get killed? Why is this a hobby of yours? And it's only white people. I like doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's, it's only serious. white people. I skydiving. Only white people post those pictures. <laughs> That's true. I don't have any pictures of me doing it. But I, like, I've been skydiving and bungee jumping. and That's fine. I, I mean, you are half white. For That's true. Yeah. That's true. That shit was bred you. right into me. Like, when I you go over a bridge, it. your wife says, just like, jump, jump, jump! <laughs> for me, it's, for me, like, the stock, maybe it's, the issue for me was that the stock profile that I was getting over and over and over again was, like, person with dog, person with beer, person in throwback sports jersey. Who wants to eat pizza with you? Person wants, on an elephant. Yes. No, I, I got a lot less of that. Did I show you that white girls with elephants? It's thing? like a Vice article, yes. yeah. Oh my god. It's, it's like the humanitarians of Tinder. Why, yeah, oh my god. Look at me with all these little black kids. Oh. Like, oh my god. Have oh, we seen that one right. picture where it's like this like white guy and he's like dripping like he's like water out of a pitcher to all these like little black yeah. kids who are like holding their hands out and it's like, oh I feel like right. that belongs in a sociology oh. course textbook. Right. You know, like there's just like too many things happening in this picture. There is nothing worse than when people in general, I don't care what like race you are, go to an orphanage in a third world country Ugh. and take right. pictures with orphans. I'm like, you're not a, like, that's shitty. Why are you doing that? Like, I wish I could take this like little one home. Like, well, you can't, okay? <laughs> like, you actually could for the low price of $20,000. You could take that child home yeah. with you. But you're not going to. Like, we all know you're not going to. I have a, I have a friend who did it and I'm just like, I'm just like you need to stop. She did it for like two weeks, right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm so glad you can enjoy their oppression for two weeks. Not go, yes. to, not to go to an orphanage. Don't oh do it. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, so fuck that shit. Messy. If, you, no. if that, that's on your Tinder profile, like... Delete it. No one's gonna fuck you. No. Yeah. Yes. No. White girls, listen. <laughs> stop. People of the world. <laughs> Honestly. Just stop being shitty, generally, but also stop being shitty on dating apps. When I lived in Dubai, actually, my friend and I tried to help our friends, male friends, white male friends, uh, improve their Tinder profile so that they could get more matches and, like, briefly considered a consulting service to be like, this is what you need to do. That's See, real, though. This is, and this is the crazy part, is that I was thinking, when I was thinking about this podcast, I was like, really, if I want to talk honestly about dating apps, I have to go back to my young like 17 to 18 year old self on OkCupid and being like mad desperate and having zero game. And you like were on OkCupid oh, at 18? Yes, yes. I knew you at 18. Well, hi. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I felt like you brought like a new girl around to our table like every couple of weeks or something. No, Thanks I, to OkCupid. But like, 
No, it no, wasn't. No, thanks for the 24-7 sex party that was UCLA. It's true, exactly. Okay, Cupid was not, this is like, not for me. <laughs> I had like a zero sex in LA. It was bad. Or UCLA. You should have looked into Nev. This was like, was I did! <laughs> there was no like, bags there. Going horrible. home for the summer and like having nobody, having no UCLA. Yeah. And like trying to meet people through OkCupid. Okay, and I actually met like a couple really cool people. But I think that maybe that's what I missed from Tinder is that I feel like OkCupid okay, maybe had, like I had more of a, I trusted people more over OkCupid than I did over But I think you're thinking about two different audiences. Right. So OkCupid is full of, like, internet nerds. Ugly people. And ugly people. Right. That's why you were on it. To be straight up on that. straight up. OkCupid people are generally uglier. It's just, it's also just, it's the people who are on it. It's people who are, like, already online a lot and, like, who have the time to fill out massive profiles. Also, it was one of the first. It was one of the first, like, free... It kind of reminds me of, like, like LiveJournal or, like, Gaia or, like, any other kind of, like, forum-based... Oh, my God, even the format and color scheme was very WordPress, like, uh, like, LiveJournal. It's very forum-y. It's very, like, chatroom-esque. It's funny, I'm, like, hearing, like, all this, I remember when Tinder first came out, like, in 2000, like, 13 or 2012, like straight 20, people, 2012, yeah. 2012 yeah. people, straight people weren't on it really, mm. and it, like if they were on it, but it wasn't like huge yet. And like mm. I remember telling my straight friends, like, oh yeah, I'm on this app called Tinder, and they're like, what's this <laughs> thing called <laughs> Tinder? <laughs> like that's the thing though, and then it just blew the fuck up. Yeah, but like that's something we're talking about as well, like dating apps as like a safe space for queer people to find each other. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's kind of originally where they came from. Like, Grindr was, like, one of the first. Grindr was the first. It was, I, it was the first. I learned about OkCupid, and I was never on Plenty of Fish, but it was my queer friends that were turning me on to dating apps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah queer people you, definitely. You, you can't, like, walk into a bar or into a cafe and be like, who here is queer? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> who here is single? Queer people always had secret networks, like, yeah. to find sex. Like, back in the 90s, it was, like, little black books and phone trees. Like, mm. calling around and seeing who was wanting to have sex and, like, oh, no, but I know this person, I know this person, like kind of just searching through phones and so or cruising and so like i feel it's funny how like gay people like really, underground ways yeah, of like, really and, like i think dating apps are kind of like that yeah. something super personal about it it's like weird when i find like co-workers on tinder <laughs> you know like that happens I a lot made, i found one of my little sister's college mates on tinder and refused. Like I would just like every time that I got to her profile, I would like oh, yeah. I would like kill the ass. Oh yeah. Kill it. Oh my god. Force kill it. Like come back up. And she came up like three or four times. No, and sometimes it would just like stay there. Yeah. Like, no matter how many times you yeah, kill exactly. it, it'd be like nope. I'm not going to swipe on you. Right or left. Right or left. Right. Exactly. Right or die. I wish there was. I wish there was like a neutral option. You just like slide it down. Yeah. Like 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 decide much later. Exactly. Oh, please bring this up when I'm not sober. There you go. Has to be an option. Amazing. What about it? Tell Everything's us, like, great. All right, so my first 
Tinder abroad experience was in Colombia, I guess. It must have been. Yeah. Um, and I unfortunately lived, like, in a really rural area, but it was close to Bogota, mm-hmm. um, which meant that I matched with a lot of people there. And the interesting thing is, like, I was making this really valiant effort to learn and speak Spanish as much as possible. Because right. um, my Spanish was, like, very, like, elementary school, like, numbers and colors and, like, <laughs> a couple of verbs. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be fluent. Um, but everyone wanted to speak English with me. And I was like, no. <laughs> speak Spanish to me. Uh, but it was interesting. I felt way less sexualized in Colombia than I did in mm. the U.S., for sure. Um, and a lot of it was mostly just, like, curiosity and like I met two really great guys who I ended up being friends with and like meeting up with later on when I got back to New York and um like a couple of times that I went to Bogota who just like showed me around and were like we were just really awesome fun people I think like international tinder is really great for friendships Mm-hmm. Um, and like getting to know a place that you're in it's sort of like Airbnb actually I have friends who used Tinder like Airbnb and were very successful in finding like very safe places to stay for free uh-huh. and there was no like you have to have sex with me now because you're at my home and like I'll let you stay here it was like a very comfortable situation but Columbia, Columbia Tinder was very chill Dubai was not chill no chill in Dubai Tinder but it was also my favorite Tinder experience to date. Uh, yeah, there's no, <laughs> no chill. Dad joke of <laughs> the podcast. Dubai Tinder is like it was the opposite of Colombia, and I definitely took advantage of like that whole system there because I could. What was the please, worst? Yeah, please, about it, yeah. please delve into it. Elaborate. Like, what was the worst thing about <laughs> it? There was nothing bad about it. If well, you, you were, but system. you have to be willing to manipulate it, and like, you also have to be okay with like taking advantage. It's not. I don't feel like it was taking advantage because these things were offered to me. <laughs> so I had a friend when I got there who worked at the same company as me, and so she had been like dating and on the dating apps of Dubai. Well, it's really just Tinder, um, but she had been doing it for a while, long before I got there, um, and was like, she's also just a very different person than me, way more (laughs) low-key than I am, and I got there, and I was like, fuck yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I want shoes, I want expensive dinners, I want a car, Um. I'm not leaving here until I get all of this stuff, and she (laughs) was like, you're gonna be one of those girls, but I think a lot of girls fail in that, because they start to, like, second guess, like, oh my god, is it wrong, like, am I taking advantage of this, like, should I let him buy me $700 shoes? Yeah, you should. <laughs> Why would you say no to that? If he's offering, absolutely yes. What's that? You want to take me on your helicopter to this beautiful beach town just like 70 miles away? Please do. Mm. I'm not going to say no to that. Mm. Was sex required? No. And to an almost uncomfortable point for me where like I couldn't have sex with them when I wanted to and it was like frustrating because I felt like there's, there's so much coming my way, and, like, I have to wait until you can book a hotel for me to fuck you, and, like, yeah. you've already given me so many things, I feel like at this point, it's getting kind of ridiculous. Mm. Like, my, God, I hope he does not listen to this. Um, <laughs> my, the first date I went on with one guy, he took me in a helicopter, and it was great, it was, like, my first experience doing this. 
Um, and then I don't think we even kissed. And then the second day we went out to dinner and it was really nice and like did not hook up at all. And by the third time I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you have to fuck me. But the problem is like there's, there's a lot of roadblocks in that in Dubai. Like you can't, you can't just fuck someone. You can't just have sex. Like one party probably lives at home with their parents still. I had my own apartment, but it was like very strict rules about guests and men coming in like I lived in an all-female apartment and like even if my landlord didn't see me bringing a guy in my roommates absolutely would have ratted me out Mm. definitely and they were fucking escorts like how dare you (laughs) (laughs) I lived with all escorts and they all would have ratted me out absolutely no questions asked so you have to get a hotel room always and like that is always an ordeal in and of itself and it's a very strange my first experience with it I felt really uncomfortable with like having to have a hotel room it felt very like prostitute but I wasn't getting paid for it but I was getting paid instead and like very this very like sugar baby no this I went to the, yeah. when I went to the sugar baby convention last year in New York like this is literally what that is yeah you did that yeah. it's like the most amazing I just like I remember listening to whole seminars of women talking to other women about how they could profit off of men, Mm. and it was like reparations. It was so like that's what made me more comfortable with it is when I (laughs) saw this girl who's tweeting about how like men are a debt to us and they owe us so much. They owe us for rape and sexual harassment and domestic violence and like this is how you get that back and I was like oh my god you're right I'm gonna get all of this back <laughs> and I did I'm gonna die try <laughs> and I did and I, while some of my friends were judging me oh they were all white it was all like very midwest born and bred white people who were like Maya right. $3,000 hotel room what was the fanciest uh, object you got um I guess probably either that Mew Mew bag that I brought here. Oh, that was a beautiful bag. It was. Or um, I got a pair of really beautiful Christian Louboutin pumps that I had wanted for a long, long time. Wow. And I guess those would be... But I think what I wanted more was, like, how many five-star hotels Mm. can I stay in? And, like, how many of these little vacations can I go on and stuff like that. So I think I sort of played the game to get those things. Mm. Like staying in really nice places and more intangible. How would you like, how would you go about ask, not asking, but manipulating your way to get those things? What was, all I had to do was swipe right. And then they would be like, (laughs) do you want to go out to dinner? And they would ask me where I wanted to go. And at first I was a little apprehensive. Like, am I asking for too much? But like the answer was always yes. Like, you can have whatever you want. And when I realized that this was kind of limitless, I was like, great. Now it's time to, like, let's step it up. Let's ask for even more. And then when I I started working, when I left my job teaching, I had a month there while I was waiting for a friend to come visit me. Mm -hmm. Where I wasn't doing anything. Like, I'd already gotten paid for that month, so I just kind of got to, like, chill. Mm -hmm. Um, But I decided to take a job instead in bottle service, in VIP bottle service. And so that was, like, a whole other experience like meeting these guys who would buy like multiple bottles and not even open them not even drink them but just pay for them because they can Mm. and um I got tipped my entire month's rent one night 
because this guy oh my God. was like, you're too pretty to be doing this. And I was like, oh, are you trying to pay my rent? And he was like, I am, and left a 6,000 Durham tip for me that night. And I was like, he really was trying to pay my rent. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Was this all in, I'm just, I'm just so curious, was this all in English or in Arabic? that you? Were all doing? in English. Oh, but okay. an interesting thing I learned in Dubai is that the way that like escorts and prostitution is such a huge part of Dubai life and like as unbelievably illegal as it technically is it's also like they definitely turn the other yeah there's like there's no real repercussions for it at all um but there's like a hierarchy of women and it's actually like Arabic speaking women who are at the top they get paid the most and it's because they do actually want someone who could like communicate with them there is in emiratis which is also a very small chunk of that population anyway but they're easily Mm. the wealthiest chunk of that population Mm. so arabic speaking women are like prime for sure and then you get like the russian like european kind of beauty aspect of it but it's like persian and moroccan women tend to get paid the most i think Mm. You know, it was interesting that you said that a lot of white women, you said that, right, would judge you for that? Yeah. It's interesting because at the Sugar Baby Conference, it was 90% women of color. Really? And like 10% white women. I thought it was like, I had read somewhere that like, it's a lot easier to be a sugar baby if you're white. Yeah, but, but it was weird. It's a lot more desirable. Everyone, yeah, but everyone in attendance was a black woman. Which is interesting because a lot of the people who do like tweet about it and like social media on that sort of sex work, on the sugar baby sex work. Right. They, they do tend to be women of color, and they're also, like, really shrewd about like, really smart, oh, and, like, they know, so what they're di- they know what they're about, and they're giving advice to other women of color, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. I think it also takes, like, a certain level of, like, solidness to be able to do something like that, like, yeah. a certain level of, like, like you said, like, comfort with what you're doing. Right. Like, you can't be insecure about yourself or what you're doing at all, because when you start second-guessing it, then you're going to pull yourself out of it. And, like, the, I was apprehensive at first, but then I was like, why? Like... They want to buy me all this stuff. They want to pay for this food. They want to, like, pay for this room and mm. for me to spend an entire weekend in the Ritz-Carlton Spa. Well, why would I turn that down? Why would you? That was that was the interesting part about using uh, dating apps in Peru. So I was working there for a period of time, and I had just come off of a breakup. And so I was like, all right, I'm getting on. I haven't used Tinder, and I haven't used OkCupid in a while. I've never used Tinder before. Like, why not start now? And so I get on these two apps, and what I started to realize was that a lot of people were matching with me because I was white, and they assumed... What I didn't know at the time was that kind of the way that, you know, nobody in Peru is going to be able to afford to take you to a five-star hotel. I mean, I know that there are five-star hotels in Peru, but they're relatively new. And so a lot of people that were hitting me up were like, you're white. Like, you, like there's a huge market on the Tinder and on OkCupid especially to like get your white boy and they're probably only there for their exchange program or something but they're probably loaded and then they mm-hmm. found out that I was like living with my grandma and like working non-profit <laughs> and I was like I've never heard from the first yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly they'd be like no we thought you were you know we thought you were um, but I thought that was really interesting that even then even when I did find dates it was also because dating a white boy is also good like it's also a mark of i would i would date 
uh, women that specifically had only dated American mm-hmm. and had or had been I in only long, date American and, had, and like gosh. literally like long distance relationships with their white boys. Um, by and large, the most useful dating app in Peru is Facebook, and and really like yeah. like because Facebook has the events that you go to to meet people socially. Yeah, and this is and this is you can be in Lima or you can be in the fucking desert. Like you use Facebook exclusively to be meeting other people, um, which I thought was really cool. The only times that I was straight up like propositioned outright was on Facebook. Like every other place for OkCupid and and Tinder was very. It felt very like transactional. The the stuff that felt quite real was on Facebook. Yeah, I can see that being kind of somewhat similar in Colombia as well. Where, like, I think also because the whole idea of that was very new there anyway. And so, like, the dating app thing, especially the way that we use it here is so different than the way it's used abroad. Like, here it's very much just, like, swipe right and be like, do you want to fuck me? Come over. Done. Like, you you could have, like, a three-sentence interaction with a person and then there they are in front of your door. Right? And that's, I feel like that never was going to happen in Colombia. It was very much like, right. here's a new person that I can talk to. And then, like, maybe there might be a romantic aspect to this, but right. I never had that experience in South America. In Peru, you know, right now, oh I think goodness. that we have a whole culture of, like, living... Like, I live alone right now, right? But in Peru, you live with your family until you get married. And that's what's been traditionally the yeah. case. So, like, nobody was going to invite me over to fuck while their grandma's, like, in the next room. Yep. Which I think was also a really interesting thing to, to witness and experience, is that the conversations would maybe move towards dates, but it was really about conversation. Yeah. It was super conversation-driven. Oh. You know, I think I had at one point, like, a two-month okay Cupid conversation that I don't think ever resulted in a meetup because it was just so much about if we go on a date... Like, I want to know that we're going on a date because someday you're going to meet my grandma or my parents. Oof. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a, I know. That's a lot to do. Yeah. I think I noticed the same thing there. I didn't sleep with that many people in Colombia. It was difficult because most people lived at home. Yeah. And, like, I, I had roommates, but I they probably wouldn't have cared if I brought someone back. Um, but, yeah, the only, pers- the only people that I hooked up with had their own apartments. And it was definitely, like, an unusual situation. They were like same age as me and were living alone and working in a different city than their family, which was like not the norm at all. Mm. And that's so Western American. Yeah, exactly. There weren't there weren't many of them. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, like I was not gonna invite anybody over when I like my deal was like sleeping right here and my grandma was sleeping at the end right. of the hall. It's impossible. It'd literally be impossible. <laughs> like what they do in the morning. Yeah, sneak out. Exactly. I've definitely brought boys in. Mom and dad, if you listen to this, I'm so sorry. Definitely brought, <laughs> definitely brought boys into my place. I know my, my dad would shoot me. My mom would me take me back and shoot me. Having sex once. He handled it like a champ, what I gotta is? say. I didn't know he was home. I didn't, I never heard the garage door <laughs> open. Dad, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't. Oh, no. Yeah, and I. So you were going all out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I. I remember opening my door to go downstairs and his door was like cracked open. I could hear his TV on and I was just like, oh no. Oh, the cold sense of dread. Like, just oh, like the, your heart dropping Dad. straight into your stomach acid. Oh, <laughs> and he, no. But he never brought it up and I was actually really surprised because like we had all kinds of rules. I was, I, was I in high school? No, it must have been, 
like my senior year. I was 18 probably at the time, and maybe that's why he was a little more hands-off about it. Or maybe he did and he's listening to this now and being like, she did what in my house? <laughs> I don't know, Dad, I'm sorry. <laughs> did you, like, have a flashback to everything you had just done in bed and been like, oh, God, yes, oh, like, God, you hear that? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh, there's, like, um, so there's kind of, like, a sizable, like, ho-brown-girl Twitter that, like, I, I follow, and one of them tweeted once, like, the realest thing... And it was like, when you get a phone call, when you get a missed phone call from your mom and a text saying, I need to talk to you, and all, all, everything you, all the hoeing around you did in the last week, like, <laughs> the lashes before your eyes, and you're just like, I was just like, oh, my girl, like, I, I know exactly what that is. I will pray for you. <laughs> She's like, thank you. We need to stick together in this difficult time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she knew I was on dating apps, uh, following, like, a breakup that I had a few months ago. Um... Like I came to New York and I was like, all right, I'm here, big world. I'm going to take you on one dating app at a time, like dating my way through New York City. Um, and so like, I wouldn't even, she knew I was going on all these dates. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell her about every guy I was going out with. Mm. I think I told her about like maybe three guys of like the six months that I was dating that were like, not like standouts, but like were enough to like maybe get her a little bit excited that like. <laughs> my life would be put together in some way very soon. Um, and all of them failed, obviously, because I'm still sitting here complaining about it. But, like, um, yeah, like, I, what, like, what I tell my mom and, like, what I don't tell my mom, it's, it's interesting because it's, like, I don't do, I don't, like, not tell her stuff because she's my mom. Mm. I don't tell her stuff because, like, if I tell her something, then it has to be kind of real. Mm. Like, I, I had this one OkCupid okay hookup in I think the summer uh, summer of our sophomore year of college I'm tired and of hearing about your hookups <laughs> like I just feel like I witnessed so many of them that I just like I should just get like a get out of jail free card at this point and just like leave Such the only people that yeah, only about Sebastian the only people that could have witnessed this one were the police because we were like on the side of a highway we were on the what side the of, hell? On the Pacific Coast highway. because like how was I going to tell my mom like hey I met this person in OkCupid and we are going to sh- She's, like, probably, like, one of the hottest hookups I've had in my entire life. And I come home, and I forgot my sweater in her car. <laughs> and so then, and then I forget what, but she, she like, lived really far away. So the only time that she could come and get and give it back to me, I wasn't home. And so my mom, like, like she goes you and gives it to my mom. This? And no, And my mom comes home, and she's like, oh, this, like, really nice girl just, like, dropped off your sweater. Like, you have such nice friends. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm relationships I met them in real life though yeah which is why I think maybe don't take dating apps seriously I feel like dating apps are like a way to spend time between your big loves yeah actually yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's like I read this Washington Post article that statistically people still meet like their life partners or whatever through friends like yeah online Mm -hmm. dating is 
we're friends. Y'all have any, like, nice grab boys? Yeah, I was about to say. Well, well I have no gotta, friends, Maya. You, you gotta explain. I just have y'all. Like, you you're all like, people I know. If you, don't like, like, if you don't like what's in the room, you have to move to a different room. I, th- I know you're trying to, like, be deep and stuff. No, it's I don't true. know what that means. It's true. If you don't like the company of the room and they're not giving you what you want, you have to make yourself go into new environments. <sighs> new I, I mean, it I sounds do like think, work. I do, <laughs> I do think it's a balance. I do think that, essentially, if, if you think about it, my family had, my, the way that my parents met each other was this intense amount of time that they had to spend with other people. So, like, my dad has all these stories about all these communities that he forced himself into and to create before and after and, and during college, you know, that, and that's how he met my mom. It's just, like, when he was in college, he made it, like, one of his goals to just meet as many people as possible, and... For my mom, you know, she had this huge family that she could just fall back on. So she wasn't looking for anything necessarily because she just figured that at some point love would happen. And they meet each other at some point because I think that there was, like, they just spend so much time with people in all these functions. Like, parties that weren't necessarily, like, turned. Like, there were just parties that you had, that you went to, to socialize, to do any sort of thing. They they put in time. Yeah, so in the same way that Facebook is a dating app in Peru, you know, because like, it's not a, it's not a dating app, but you're using it because you want to meet people. And in the meeting mm. of people, you, mean, you will meet this somebody. This is an interesting conversation. How did people's parents meet? <laughs> oh boy. Cause like my parents had an arranged marriage, yeah. you know? So like the meet cute mm. that y'all are talking about, mm. uh, there's no precedent for that for me. Very much did not have a meet cute. My parents had a my dad met my mom while she was pregnant with someone else's baby at a party in college situation. Man. Which I, the story of how my parents met has always been very shady, and it was because <laughs> of this, and neither of them owned up to it until last, summer before last, when I found out that I had an older sister. Oh, word. Yeah. So, all of this came together, all of a sudden, because like, I knew my parents met in college, but the story was very, like, vague. Hazy. Right? Like, I met in college, and uh, you know what happened in college yeah kid there's also the timeline of like when did you get married versus when was i born and like you were very young there were a lot there was a lot happening there still all very sketchy right um but the sketchiest was always like how did you guys meet whatever and it was the story that my parents never fully told until my mom tried to get a hold of me when i was in columbia to tell me that my older sister had like found her and they were talking, and then she wanted my brother and I to know in case she, like, reached out to us, because we're half-siblings. So all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> how did how did this happen? Dad had to have known. And indeed, my father did know. I remember Skyping him, like, the next day after I found out, and I was like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Like, did you not know she was pregnant? Where did this baby go in, like, this timeline here? Like, what... Obviously, it was born, because she's a person who's right. just a couple years older than me. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, uh, we met at this party, and she was pregnant. I don't think she was showing at the time. Um, and I just, it was like love at first sight, and I was so smitten by her. And then shortly thereafter, I found out that she was pregnant, and I decided to, like, stay. And we had all these plans to, like, raise a child together. And, like, suddenly the basis of my parents' relationship was, like, a baby that was not my dad's, which really reflects my dad's character also. Yeah. And yeah. then, and my, my reckless pregnant mother, <laughs> who was like, 
willing to have this other guy raise this child. Um, and then ultimately she was put up for adoption and my dad didn't know. So she went into labor and then put my older sister up for adoption and my dad came to the hospital and there was no child to be found. What? And that was it. And like, it makes sense. The rest of my parents' relationship all makes a lot of sense to me because it was like, my mom has this tendency to keep things from people and my dad has always been like incredibly supportive to a fault and like this is how it all so, the, so what I'm hearing so, is yeah. that maybe like while dating apps don't like well the maybe that's the a cheap, dating app yeah, no but like well I'm thinking is that the trope is that while dating apps like never work out like meet cutes aren't necessarily like they're not infallible s- yeah, the, yeah. The, like having it. a romantic origin doesn't mean you'll yeah. have like, a romantic future no right. exactly and I, I don't know. There were a lot of red flags there, I think, for my dad. Yeah. That, that were missed. Wait, so was he not, like, <laughs> uh, I thought you were raising this kid together? Yes, that was my question. And then things got a little shady then, too, when I was, I pressed him on that. And I was like, okay, uh, you, your baby disappeared. You didn't want to talk about that at all? Like, what uh, happened there? But I think that was, like, my mom's side of the family was, my mom has always been the black sheep of that family in like a very literal sense and so there was a lot of like shame around her being pregnant Um, in college and like well she's catholic too right yeah she is but the kind of catholic that will have like a low-key abortion yeah 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 i mean all catholics (laughs) right (laughs) yeah exactly right and i think that was kind of like the road that my grandmother had planned for her perhaps and not the road my mother took interesting and um, she, I think my grandma played a big role in like this daughter being put up for adoption, wow. and then and my dad having like no say in it whatsoever. Is that like a thing at hospitals? Like you pop one out and they like give you a checkbox. Would I like to keep? I like, wanted to the same thing because I th- I think you kind of have to like pre-plan you have that. To, like, hold you have on to it the for social a bit. worker right. has to be there. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she the definitely pre-planned that. Yeah, so I think it was probably but something that maybe had been... it wasn't your like maybe it was your grandma or maybe it was like someone else it involved. Been. Like. Yeah. I think that we, as a society, like, don't really treat new mothers very well, and I feel like if your mom was, like, woozy off of, like, hours of labor, <laughs> yeah, who right. even knows, like, who yeah. was really culpable in a situation like that? Yeah. Um, right. Um, Definitely. My parents, in the most gay way, met at Jazzercise. <laughs> See, I feel like the way our parents meet is indicative in of how we... Spandex. We'll meet our features. Yeah, I have picture proof of it too. Amazing. Yeah. Disgusting. It's like it was in like it wasn't even like in a gym. It was like in an elementary school gym that was like rented out on the weekends. Oh uh, and it wasn't even in like San Francisco. It was like in a suburb of San Francisco. <laughs> Here are these like thirty somethings like doing the cool thing. Right. Nineteen eighty eight, meeting a jazzer size. Like, you right. guys are losers. Like, oh my god. Right. Biggest losers in the planet. I can't even. And then they made this little bag. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, don't know, I, I, I think, I think for the context of my parents, it was pretty romantic for how they met. Like I think that romance in the South Asian context is difficult to like mm-hmm. explain. I think that love comes out of a lot of dedication for us, and like instead of passion, it's about dedication and responsibility, and like. Right. Um, a sense of like duty, I guess, not in a bad way, but in a, in a much like long lasting. Like divorce is not really a thing for us. Um, you kind of just suffer for your whole life instead. <laughs> right. um, 
so my parents met kind of on a fluke like um, from what I understand my dad was visiting India and his uncle was like alright time to get you married <laughs> and put an ad in the local paper and my maternal grandparents saw it and my mom was like home from college for a little bit and she was going through people's bio datas at the time and so like they slipped in my dad's and she was like the last guy he saw last guy she saw before she like shipped back out for school they met each other and they were like yeah okay <laughs> and they got married like a few weeks or a few months later um and it was like really weird because i went to india once and i actually met the uncle who put the ad in the paper mm. and it was it was like it was two different it was two flukes right like my dad was about to head back home to houston my mom was about to head back to school and they were just like all right fine mm. um where'd she then, go to school she was going to school at i think delhi university okay, cool. yeah um but like i think she was like on break or something mm. uh and so, like, yeah, and then, like, two years later, I was born, and then three years after me, my brother, and has, like, a very kind of linear projection after that, but, mm. like, I guess that kind of looks like me in a lot of ways, like, I feel like I have a very, like, matter-of-fact way of dating, and I want to get married eventually, and I've dated guys who tell me the first ten minutes of the first date, or, like, the last hour of our third date that they don't want to get married, and I'm just <laughs> like, well, that should be on your Tinder bio, you f- Fucker? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a lot to ask for. Right? That's a lot of pressure to be yeah, like, um, can you put on Tinder whether or not you want to get married? I mean, it was a joke. So that's fine. You know, like, it's okay. Red wine, white wine, marriage? Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Latvian, marriage obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great thing to put in your Tinder. I want wow. two weddings. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do want to but like, but like this is a very real thing that my parents talk to me about all my dad especially all the time when I bring up dating and millennial dating is that my dad is always like I because I, I remember I asked him once or like at some period various periods of my life where I've been like fuck people and he's always said to me you know like your mom and I we didn't think about these kinds of things we just we got married because we wanted to get married. We didn't think about, like, what's going to happen. We didn't think about, like, all this different shit. We were just like, you know what? I care about you. Let's get married. We're going to do it. Which I think is, it's not, like, my context. But I can appreciate that that's the context that they made for themselves. Like, in their minds, it wasn't going to fail because it wasn't going to fail. Not because, like, they're, we were thinking, like, seven pieces ahead or because they were reading trend pieces or think pieces or because, like, <laughs> yeah. they were sitting around in a circle being like, oh, God, this is the death of something or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They, like, they were, they were, like, you know, and, and my dad, my mom was, you know, my dad bartered for my mom, right? So, like, my dad saw my mom on campus and was like, yes. And so then he went to his friend who was dating her friend mm. and was like, I will, give, I will give you a keg of beer if you <laughs> set me up. So I owe my life to this transaction of a keg of beer. I can, like, go to Florida and meet the people that, like, essentially, like, traded my mom for, like, beer. But that's what I'm saying. Is that, like, is, oh, that's what I'm saying. Is that, like, there was some social component to that, right? Yeah. Like, there was some sort of... In, in the same way that, like... But that's what know, we were talking about before. Friends of friends. Or, or the way that, you know, Nadia and I joke that I'll find, you know, suitable people for her on the metro. And I wish I could just hand them a card that's, like... This happens all this the time. This is something we should, we should develop. We should. Why not? Because we should, we should, like, you know what happens? This guy, Matt, comes home and he's like, oh my god, Nadia, I, I saw the most beautiful Korean man you know, on the train. I, and I know that you like Koreans. And, and I'm pointing out, he must have been beautiful. And he comes here and he tells me this and I'm like, great, did you give him my number? No. Nah. Amazing. I'm so glad we had this interaction. 
Or like Sasha yeah. will be like, hey, I had this really great conversation with someone today who like would be perfect for you. Great, you give them my number? Nah. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> no, and I mean, I think that what I'm, fu- so, you know. Not that I want y'all to like hand out my numbers to strange men. Right. But like, what I yeah. mean is, there's no like impetus there for me to like do anything about that, you know? Like, I'm just getting told about this always amazing man who could be like potential soulmates in New York, but. Right. I think that that's the, uh, I don't know if we're like on this question, but it's a question that's in my head is like, what, like, how do you, like, what's the one thing you would improve about dating apps? And for me, I suppose the thing that I would want to see is accountability in like, like kind of a group accountability. So in the way that like, if my dad had been a piece of shit, you know, like my mom would have gone to her friend and been like, I don't care how much beer, like, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, like, this is a troll. Like, this is a, this is a bad person, right? And it, it, it's like, if you, if you are on an app, I would like to see it maybe, I don't know how it would work, but to there like to be like groups. Actually. I don't like accountability. I don't like the idea of that. I don't like, first, like, I don't, for instance, if we have a lot of friends in common, I probably won't match them. I probably will like avoid that. Because I'm like, if I fuck this guy over or if he like finds out something about me, I don't want him to like go to our mutual friends and be like, oh, you know, Nadia, she's like a freak. Like, yeah. I don't want that to happen. So, like, I don't really match with them. So, it's, like, accountability doesn't really work for me because I feel like I can't be, like, fully comfortable in that situation. I feel like no guy is going to tell my friends something that they don't already know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but, like, mutual friends, like, oh, there's, like, one chick I went to high school with who I don't talk to anymore, but we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. Because, right. you know, like, mutual friends on these apps, it's just Facebook friends. Yeah. And it's, like, I am extremely important and very popular. <laughs> I have lots of friends on Facebook. But, like, you know, in theory... So right. that's my issue. I don't think accountability is like the thing I would ask for. Well, you can. I would ask for a gift way. keyboard. I would. <laughs> I would like to get rid of the dot 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 function on some of these apps. Like uh-huh. I don't want to be like I don't want to be sitting there thinking that this person is like texting me back. Like I would like to be surprised if they texted me back. You know, like I don't want to sit there. I don't want to sit there waiting for them. Put your phone those down. Are, those are such the like... dot 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 function makes it difficult because you're like. All they're thinking. I'll put it right down. I, I know, Maya. We're all like, here. You have godlike powers to change apps, and those are your changes. Right? <laughs> I just, dating apps to me are what they are. They're not like things that you could like change. Like, they are a very simple model. You get a deck of cards of people who are in your area who are interested in having sex or interested in dating or whatever it is you're looking for. And you say yes or no. Like, what more could you want from that? Like, it is what it is. It serves a function. I wish there were more filters for me to filter people out yeah like white people like i would love a filter for white people i love a filter for bros i would love a filter for mansplainers that'd be great oh yes but then they have to self-identify as a mansplainer yeah fuck boys that'd be great Uh, to close it out with something fun if everybody's down i would want to know what everybody's like you have to make an app right now like a dating app right now like what is the gimmick like what is hinder Hinder. Hinder is a great concept because the idea is that it's sort of like Grindr and the fact that if you are on a date, it shows you people in your area who could disrupt your date if your date's not going well. So the idea is that like actors can flex whatever muscles they want. They can show up and be like, your long lost like brother or like your ex who like your relationship crashed and burned, whatever it is, you can just like call on people in your area to come and save you. And it's so much more interesting than having your friend fake a phone call. Like, you get someone at your table who's, like, screaming in your face, and you get to fucking leave. Right. And I think that's great because 
I feel like I give dudes a lot more time than they deserve. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, like, okay, yes, an hour is, like, polite, but why do I need to be polite about my time, right? I also like that because I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to accountability because I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> it's very male of you. Cool. I um, think there should be more sugar baby apps. There That's really real. isn't a sugar okay. baby There app. isn't. There's the website. Well, wait, okay, man. I like that. I really like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Super cute. <laughs> that, that'd be really that's a great name actually um, I like that because you could also like tell people what you want you could have your Amazon wish list connected Ooh. to it and you could be like a lot <laughs> of girls do that that's I, great yes yeah have like a whole wish list of what they want or like places they like shopping or things that you can bring me like whole gift, right. cards, gift cards earrings yeah right. anything I... in the latest issue of Vogue Bentleys Range Rovers Puppies Puppies. That's one I haven't seen, but I would definitely... Oh, I've seen, oh like, purebred puppies. Yeah. yeah, if I was a sugar baby and I had to make a list of demands for my sugar daddy, I'd be like, bring me a box of puppies. Like, <laughs> just every, every date, puppies. box of puppies. Puppies. That I can cry over. <laughs> I like that because... That's our all day. Just yeah. cry over a box of puppies. I like that because... So, there's this binary that's been set up in... Who were these, these like, Meninists that were going to, like, rally in a bunch of different oh, places yeah. and it was quashed? They have this binary, which is alphas and betas, and they, like, are completely afraid of betas, which are supposedly, like, men that are willing to cede power. And what I've noticed in dating apps is that as a natural beta, like, there's really no... <laughs> you beta fish. ...place for me, you know? Yes. And so I like that because I would feel... I feel like I'd feel more comfortable in that app as, like, a baby. As, like, yeah. literally, like, I'm expected to come in as a beta. I love that. Like, knowing where you stand. Yes. But you you can have like my, my attention wedding. if you get me yeah. designer, whatever, whatever. Right. I, like I just like not having to ask for it. Like, don't make me ask. Just bring me Yeah, there's shit. something cheap about having to ask. Right. It annoys <laughs> me. If you don't bring it, now I have to ask for it. <laughs> um, my dating app would be you pick a roster of six Pokemon, and then when you swipe and you match, instead of having a chat, you just have a Pokemon back. Wait, I love that. In the one I that love that shit. Especially if they're all at the same level, yeah. and you could like, test, like, element yeah. compatibility and shit. Because, like, yeah. we had this conversation, like, which Pokemon were we? Right over my head. Real nerdy I shit. I never played Pokemon. I love Pokemon. My pose is so dry right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I would be so down for that. Yeah. I've had... This is like, that was one of my, like, that was one of my criteria. <laughs> I've had conversations about Pokemon with so many guys I've dated, and that's been, like, a major point of, like, attraction. I love that. It's a great note wow. to end on. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode two of the Sex and Dating Podcast. You hater. I'm Matt Lee. Such a I'm bitch. No Pokemon dating apps for me. Then don't, get on it. Don't fucking download it. That's Maya. Stay away, you- this is Nadia. Fucking twit. And that is Sebastian. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs>
Why? Because it looks like a ghost. <laughs> it doesn't. It's just like, no, it's it's like a breeze catching, the, catching this curtain. Fuck that. I don't want no ghost breeze. <laughs> I don't want no ghost breeze. You look pussy for real. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> huge. I live alone, okay? <laughs> That's all. That's like all it is. 